Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday mornings come around again, and it's time for Let's Talk Gardening. Hello, it's me again. Chris Bartlett here, sitting in for Ray today. Faye is in the studio with me. Good morning, Faye. Good morning, Chris. Tell me uh, about Ray. Is she okay? She is. She had a um, minor. Mm, just a little something. Just something. And yeah. so she's resting, bit of, which bit of is care really and maintenance. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hope she's listening this morning, as I'm sure she is monitoring my performance. Okay. Stand by, Ray. Relax. Get a cup of coffee. We're in control, aren't we, Faye? We will be, yes. Well, Chris, before we kick off, well, yeah. Ray works every day of the week, yeah. plus often weekends, yeah. as you know. And last weekend we had a lovely afternoon tea slash garden party with a couple of donors. Did uh, I see that to on Facebook? You may yeah. well have. And we we just had a gorgeous afternoon. The team cooked and we got together. We did a garden tour and we chatted over champagne and oh, beer. Marvellous. And, and I was at work and I missed it. Mm. Oh, dear. What did it you, was what? a very small gathering, oh, Chris. So a very select gathering, too. It was. What did John cook up? A Sahara dessert, which <laughs> actually came about because I made a spelling mistake, which he corrected me on. So <laughs> I quickly came back with a, a response and challenged him. And, of course, he found a Sahara dessert and... The rest is history, but it's I think it's from uh, somewhere Egypt-type mm-hmm, area. Mm-hmm. Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern, mm-hmm. that's it. Uh, milk powder, oh. and that the toasted milk powder forms the top, yeah. dusted with pistachio nuts, and it's got a, a little base and a creamy milk, like a condensed-type milk mm-hmm. or milk powder mm-hmm. centre. Was there any left? Uh, if there was, think, you probably I kept it in the fridge. I don't think so. I did manage to keep a piece, yes. You but it's s- divine. You Sahara s- dessert. Sahara Google. dessert. You mm. should see what he's cooked up this morning. Oh. I'm not going to tell you. When he showed me the picture, it made my mouth order, and I think I've got to do two hours of this program thinking what he's going <laughs> to put in front of us at uh, 10 o'clock. We have a lot to do this morning, of course, between now and 10 o'clock, because we're taking calls that you may have questions relating to gardening that Faye can answer for you. I'm here as the host with Faye, which is a great privilege and a great pleasure, but I don't have the knowledge that Faye has, and you know what she's like. And if you've got a question, she'll answer it for you on, uh, what is it, the same old number you always ring? Yes, 94841927. Before we go any further, Faye, may I just tell you that today's show is sponsored by our Arcadia Waters. Mandra's fabulous village fate is on today from 10 this morning till 2 this afternoon at Lady Brand Drive in Mandurah. So Bev's on the phones and the man with the headphones over there in the corner is um, the great John. I'm here but most of all smiling across at me at the desk is Faye. How's your week been? Oh, busy. I had a little painting party yesterday. Oh, you never stopped. Well, no, I haven't got time to stop, Chris. It's like 13 days to the wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh, and right. so 
the garden is getting a zhuzh up. And Bev here, our producer, came over and we painted pots and statues and a park bench and we just brought new life to the garden. It was amazing. April joined us and then later in the day we uh, wandered the garden with a glass of champagne, surveying our handiwork and just... Yes, relishing the, the lovely weather. Had a, oh, hasn't it been? Mm. I mean, it's gone up and down a little bit erratically. And oh. I mean, today we're looking at 27 and then 28 tomorrow. Then it drops 25, 24 into the start of the week. But it's just ideal. It's great growing weather and it's oh, everything's just coming to life. The lawn's starting to finally grow and colour up. And I've been out hedging and mowing this morning. <laughs> well, T- Titivating everything, aren't well, you? I was awake at five o'clock, so I, I had a good hour to, well, hour and a half, hour and three quarters. And then I realised Ray wasn't going to be here, so I had to make a quick coffee stop right. for John and I. Uh-huh. And here we are. Can I, can I just make one point? You talk about all the titivation of gardens, and I know every time I come home on leave, I go through the garden. I cannot believe, and I know you're going to smile and say, ah, well, that's nature. I can't believe the weeds, how they just keep mm. coming back time mm. and time again. They're so, I, I, what would you say, resolute, persistent, amazing. Mm. I pull All them out the every above. time. Yes, well, weeds are just plants growing in the wrong yes. place. Yes. And when we wander around my garden, people will look at the stinging nettle plant that's overhanging the mm. pathway and says, say, do you want me to get rid of that? Like, no, please don't. Yeah. That is a food plant for my admiral... Um, oh, butterflies. Australian Admiral butterflies. Mm. So it it has a purpose. So yes. I leave it. And particularly at this time, the butterflies have started hatching, but it's very possible that that plant will have a, a chrysalis or a caterpillar still feasting away mm. to complete its cycle. So, yes, understanding weeds and what they can bring to us, it, they're not just weeds. Let's learn more about them and... Understand why they're there. Some yep. some of the weeds have a taproot. They're nutrient recycling. So if you cut them off and let them break down mm. in their space, they put that goodness that they've drawn up out of the soil back into the ground. There's a thistle-type one that I'm forever pulling up and also one with a very pretty small yellow flower. Is that the cape weed? We used to call them dandelions. That's right. Well, That's right. They're, they're food for bees. Yeah. Uh, they also harbour some other pests. Gosh, en masse, mm. they look like a, a magnificent carpet of Van Gogh flowers. In your opinion, do you think nasturtiums are weeds? Uh, I I have great respect for nasturtiums. They come up by themselves. Mm. And at the present moment, they are just a picture. They're, they're large green leaves mm. with their showy, bright flowers. Which you can eat. And the... the uh, seed pods, you can pickle and turn into capers. You can use the leaves into pesto. But I find them a great weed suppressant mm. because they will blanket an area. Where I've got nasturtiums growing, Chris, I don't have to pull other weeds. That's a very good point. Mm. We've got part of the back garden that is absolutely covered, and you're so right. There's no other weed there. And where it was covering literally all the garden during the early parts of spring, and we pulled it back, yep, that's where the weeds have suddenly mm. appeared. 
Ah, the things we learn. This is marvellous. It's 13 minutes past eight already, so if you've got a call and you've got a question, let's get on the phone now. Don't leave it too late. 94841927 to talk to Faye this morning, because we're here to talk gardening until 10 o'clock this morning. I'm going to spin that round so you can see it as much as I can, um, and we'll see where we go. Do we want to take a call, or do you well, have something we will, to start with? Well, we will, but first of all, Chris, let's mm. just kick off with a sure. couple of emails. You're the boss. And these have come in this week. I... I don't know that I can see... Well, Peter. Peter Jane, it's from. Just wanted to say thank you so much for the amazing book of Helen's that I won last weekend on your show. I can't put it down. The photography is wonderful and the diary entries enlightening. Just wish we could grow some of these flowers in the city. And this was the book that we gave away to last weekend Mm. called Garden Gathered by Helen Layton. And it was a diary. Uh, She's a florist. Uh, She sets up for weddings. She keeps bees, blacksmithing, you name it. Everything goes on on her property. And this book is a photographic diary of flower arrangements that she's put together with all their names. It's just a delight. And same from Pamela. Thanks so much for my gorgeous Garden Gathered (laughs) book by Helen Layton. I was lucky enough to win on Saturday. Picked it up and have started to go through it. What a beautifully designed and detailed book. I want to fill my house with all those fabulous vases of flowers. Such an artistic and clever lady. Lucky, lucky me. Would make a great Christmas gift. Oh, amazing. Yes, uh, Don has been given the hint from Ray that that she would like it. It is a beautiful book and it's got all the lists of flowers. So Will it, will it be in most bookstores? I mean, is it generally um, released? Do you know? It it was coming out in some bookstores. Okay. They only just had the release. but And what yeah. was the title? Garden Gathered. Garden mm, Gathered. Inspiring. It must be locally published. Now, before we get too far, we've got guests this morning. Do you want to talk about them? Absolutely, yes. We will be joined on air uh, by Jude Scott, who has an open garden this weekend. It's the eighth time that she's opened her garden, 2,000 square metres in Canningvale. Perhaps I shouldn't tell you too much, but <laughs> I I visited last year and I would recommend that you make an effort and get along because there is something for everyone in that garden. Mm-hmm. And, and if you tried to describe it now, you'd take away the impact of your conversation with Jude in a few ah, minutes' yes. time. Mm. Mm. So we've also got Danica McCorkadale. McCorkadale, yeah. Yes. And I found her on Facebook this week, yeah. and her mission is for everyone to know what ladybird larva look like. And she's been breeding and selling ladybird kits. Oh, lovely. And... The number of phone calls that we get about aphids or people concerned about aphids on their roses, this is the answer, guys. Okay. So, yeah, so we, can, will... we can attract them? and, and Absolutely. I've got a lot so, of white moths. Well, yes, you you are not alone. Yeah. Um, and they're a bit of a nuisance. But anyway, yeah. we'll we'll start well, with the aphids, yeah. Chris, Vince, and we'll learn, we'll learn about the predators. Yep. Super duper. That looks really fantastic. And before we take a break, should we take a call? Yes, please. Let's go to Caroline, who's in Dianella. Good morning, Caroline. Good morning. How are you this morning? Terrific. <laughs> you, you, you always sound terrific. <laughs> something in the water or something in the, in the, uh, the diet. I don't know what it is, but I love every day. Good to be oh, here. That's excellent, excellent. Now I'm ringing about kangaroo paws. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I've got some bush pearl 
and I want to shift two of them. Is it all right to do it now, or is there a time when a better time when I should be shifting them? Well, it's always better to to divide or cut back or move after flowering. If you do it now, you will uh, interrupt their flowering cycle. And yes. I, I'm assuming that they would be in full flower now, Caroline. They are. Yes. The only reason why I ask because I saw on um, the gardening the Channel Two gardening show last night. He said, "Time to cut your cut your um, kangaroo paws down." But he was talking about arid conditions, so it might be a bit different for them. Yes, no, ours are in full bloom. You only mm. have to look around the streets mm. at the the different ones. I, if you have to move them, yes, you can uh, by all means do it now. But they are just peaking now, so I would wait yeah. for them to go off. Uh, before you cut them down, if they're very clumpy, you know you you might divide them. But I I must admit I looked at mine this week and they they're just stunning. So mm. I, oh, I so don't want to interfere with them. Yeah, no, I don't want to interfere with it either because I managed to get um, the 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 uh, masquerade the blue the blue one. Yes, and I want to take the two. Pe- the two pearl out of there and put the blue in. So probably oh, that would be a better Caroline, mm-hmm. I, I'll give you my personal advice, okay? Yeah. Uh, these are a different breed, I, oh. I believe. Personal experience, I've talked to a couple of friends. Uh, when they came out, you know, there was a lot of hype and they're beautiful and they're stunning. I'm not sure what conditions they've been grown in but they don't have the vigour of many of the others. Now, this is my experience. Now, I want people to get the best results. So I was, when I got my first one, it the root system didn't look very strong and the plant mm. itself looked very weak. And I actually mm. took a photo when I got it out of the pot and I sent it to Ray and it, it actually makes me a little bit cross because... There is a lot of hype, uh, but the plant and the health of it wasn't that fantastic. Anyway, I potted it on into quite a light mix and I have have just molly coddled it a bit. Now, recently someone said to me, you could treat it as an annual. So that's, <gasps> that's sort of, you know, don't no. put it in the same basket as your bush pearl. Yeah. Just... Just be wary. Oh, so you think I should leave it in a pot and don't try and put it in the ground? I would put it put it into a next size pot Mm. with some native potting mix and Mm. maybe Mm. even a little bit of perlite. Is Mm. that that is what I would do? Put some native uh, slow release fertilizer underneath and give it some some seaweed. Okay. We have to okay, go to a break, but that's. Yes, yes. I, I hope I don't upset people over this because that's not my intention. But no, I would like no, people no. to be careful and to get the best results from their plants. Because it's already finishing the ones that I bought. I thought, well, that's all right. It'll come back next year. But if it's an annual. No, I'm no, done. no. Well, oh. still give it the love. Give yeah. it some seaweed and just molly coddle it. In a pot, okay. you can move it round to yep. a morning sun position yep. and, and look after it easier. Yep. 
Okay. The tag says that it, it flowers all year round. And it might if you give it the love. Okay, <laughs> okay lovely. Thank you. Thanks. I'll let you go. Thanks okay. Thank you, Caroline. Our very first caller this morning. What an interesting question. I have another one for you. When the when the kangaroo paws uh, finish, or one would have to say die, do you deadhead them? Yes. Well, <laughs> in a perfect world, yes, you do, Chris. But in the I, wild, they wouldn't, would they? No, but in the wild, the red and green kangaroo paws, uh-huh. uh, they, they die down over summer. Yeah. And winter and they pop up again in spring and yeah. then they set their seed and different plants adapt to different conditions in ours, different areas. Ours look wonderful at the mm. moment, both front and back garden. It's just, it's um, it's a credit to the person who planted them and <laughs> said we must have them, we have to Australianise our garden and it looks just terrific. Fantastic. Here we are, it's 21 minutes past eight already. Caroline was our first caller this morning. Hold your calls for the moment because we have a guest coming up in just a moment but we're ready to talk gardening with you after our first guest. In the meantime... And from Military Antiques, we're back into the garden. Here I am with my gloves on, trowel in hand, and there's Faye across the table from me, who's ready to talk to you about anything you have in mind that's going on in your wonderful garden in this gorgeous season and this lovely day. It's so sunny. And please do remember to wear a hat when you're out and about today. Your head needs protection. It's extraordinary. So, Faye, back to work. Uh, yes. First guest? Yes, Jude Scott. Shall we introduce her? Open garden, absolutely. Morning, Jude. Morning. <laughs> Thanks so much for um, calling. This is great. Oh, well, thank you. After seeing your garden next year, last year, I knew that we had yes. to, to get you on air and let oh, everyone well, else so know much. about it. Well, it's it's beautiful, Jude. There's so much of it in in a suburban garden, you've got a large property. So tell us um, what you've got and w- what your planting styles are. Okay. So we've got, um, I, I call it, we've got the A to Z of everything. We've got everything from aquilegias and avocados down to zygo, cacti. <laughs> and we sort of started with a vacant 2,000 square metre block 18 years ago. Wow. And we had beautiful grey canning bale sand, which had all been filled on top of that with, I think, like builders and the redevelopers put the yellow sand in so it had no nutrition, there was nothing in the soil. So hundreds of bags of animal manures and mulch and we've built up the garden over 18 years. Um, we had uh, a lawnmower man used to deliver his clippings for years and we used to put dig them into the ground too after they'd rotted down. So we've spent a lot of time and effort um, building up the soil and you need to do that in Perth because our soils are so degraded. Mm. And I, I don't plant anything now without that wonderful clay product. I probably can't mention brand names on the show, but everything that we plant, we put handfuls of that in and dig it in well so that with the, the water stays in the soil. Yes. And with sprinkler restrictions and things coming on, it's going to be very, very challenging in Perth um, you know, growing things, I think, especially through our brutal summers. But it can be done, you know, put shade cloth up in mm. sections to protect the garden. And with our garden, we've got um, everything sort of crammed in everywhere. And we we plant by the mantra, if you see a gap, plant something, you know, <laughs> plant something you love. And Rob says he's shifted everything in the garden at least twice <laughs> because if something doesn't grow, we shift it to another spot. And you'll find that some plants, even though they might say, for example, succulents like full sun, a lot of them like a bit of partial shade, especially in summer. Mm. 
Well, I know you've got lots of ideas in your garden. 2,000 square metres, my goodness, this is a bigger than average garden. And you've got lots of little zones and structures and and nooks and seating areas. How many... How many seating areas or seat sets have you got? Well, we've got uh, three big outdoor tables and about four little ones, and they've all all got chairs around them. Plus, I've put a whole lot more chairs out for this weekend. And it doesn't matter what time of the day or the evening or in the morning, we can always find somewhere that's just gorgeous to sit and enjoy the garden. And the birds are tweeting at the moment. They're all nesting in the garden because uh, I planted a lot of grevilleas, so they keep mm. the birds attracted to the garden, and they they're sort of little free workers, so they go around and eat all the bugs and grub. Masses and, of bees too. Yeah. Yes, masses of bees. They've been pollinating all the pear trees out the front of the house. Oh, marvellous! Pack them pears, and um, yeah, we've got lots of little shady areas, and it's you can't see the whole garden at once, which is something that we both like and we plan, mm. and we have no lawn. So it's all brick paved and you've just got little pathways sort of making through the garden. It's lovely. And what are your star performers at the moment, Jude? Well, I've got the roses are absolutely bursting with life and the poppies, some are just clinging on for this weekend. After that, they'll be finished. Um, the aquilegias are looking great. The avocado trees have just got all their wonderful new uh, spring mm. foliage, so they're looking so, so healthy. And I've been going around with um, seaweed fertiliser and liquid all-purpose fertiliser mixed together yes. twice a week to get everything oh. up to speed, especially for this weekend. Wow. And I have fallen in love with salvias. I've got a big section planted this year which is full of blues and purple salvias. They are just so tough. They flower like mad and when you prune them back, you can just keep the cuttings and give them to friends or just plant the cuttings. They grow so easily from cuttings. Oh, absolutely. And you, it, it sounds very haphazard, uh, see your gap and fill it principle. Yes. But yes. as an artist, you have an eye for these things. Well, I suppose I must. I don't, <laughs> I'm not aware of it, but yes, you know, I like to put colours together if I can or I love the contrast of different coloured leaves of um, different plants. Some have got yellow and white stripes, some have got purple leaves, and I've got a plant called irisine, which is a beautiful, like, they call it the bloodleaf plant. It's like a purple red. Yes. That is just absolutely gorgeous at the moment, and it's fantastic as a filler plant. Because I have very few weeds because there's no bare sand. Mm. You know, weeds will only grow where there's somewhere to grow with lots of sun and, sh- sun and things. So, We've choked out all the weeds by planting, putting plants in that we love. So we have very, very few weeds, yeah. And you've also got your art studio open. I do. That's tucked away in the garden. And, of course, I love to paint flowers. Ah. (laughs) I've got plenty of subject matter in the garden. I'm sitting (laughs) in the studio at the moment. So I've got poppies and roses and nasturtiums. Um, I've got some fragrant lilies. I've got banksias. Um, and plus I've got loads of landscapes that I've painted when I've been overseas or up north. I love the outback. We're great campers as well, and um, uh, I think that that's something that, you know, you comes out in your art. Mm. Mm. Well, there's something for everyone here, and who, who, are the, who are you fundraising for? 
We're fundraising for the Kids Cancer Support Group. They are a wonderful group of tireless workers who, when people, families with children who are first diagnosed with cancer, have to spend a lot of time in hospital, they are always there. They bring around like the fun trolley for the kids um, with little activities for all the kids to do every day to take their mind off their situation. They have all levels of support for the families. They have uh, accommodation availability. They have, you know, entertainment where they give the kids free tickets to things and for the families. So anything that they can do to help the families and support them through, especially the early stages of um, a cancer diagnosis, they are just amazing people and they have all had uh, children who have been affected by cancer oh. so they know what it's like firsthand. So. It's a great cause. Oh, so but that's fantastic. Yeah, we're charging $5 and entry to the garden today and um, all of that will go to the Kids Cancer Support Group. Fantastic. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if they're already crowding the gate, ready to get in at 10 o'clock. Well, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. And um, if I could just give a, a message from my husband to Jim Crinan, he agrees 100% with Jim. And he says that after retirement, there's only two ways to go, and that's cycling and gardening. <laughs> and after listening to Jim talking about his tractor seat plants, we've put a whole lot of those into, and they're thriving under the mango trees. Oh, fantastic. So I don't know if Jim's around and listening, but yes. He's, um, he's in the next studio. I'm sure he's listening oh. to us at the moment, Jim. <laughs> Please pedal past on the weekend, Jim, and we'll give you free <laughs> Devonshire tea. Ooh, what a great incentive. <laughs> And, of course, if you'd both like to come as well. Oh, thank you very time, much. We'd oh. love to see you both as well. I'll hop on oh, my bike. Thanks, Jude. I've, I've got a very, I mean, this is a very pointed question and you might want to bypass it, but you've got plants from A to Z. Do yes. you have a particular favourite or does that depend on the season? Oh, it depends on the season. But I think at the moment I'm very excited about our Pierre de Ronsard climbing mm. roses. Yeah. Uh, we haven't got quite as many flowers this year as last year. I think the season's got a bit mixed up. Or maybe I pruned them a little bit. It might have been two weeks too late because we were away camping. But they are about, there's a lot of flowers there. But when they flower, they, there's just hundreds. And you cannot see the climbing rows with the flowers. They're just sensational. Oh. So um, that's probably my favourite, I think. Yeah. And I it, love to paint roses. Yeah. Well, they certainly, Pierre de Ronsard certainly is a showstopper. So you're... You're open today and tomorrow from 10 to yes. 4 p.m., 6 yes. Sparta Lane in Canningvale, and that's S-P-A-T-A, and plenty of parking Correct. across the road under shady trees. And lots of yes, Devonshire teas. Yes, yes, thank you. Well, look, great, great to chat. Yeah, um, and thank you. you very much for opening up your garden, Jude, because all your proceeds go to a great cause. And if everybody would like to come, um, it'll be a beautiful day, and I've been... Up very bright and early this morning. Well, it was early, but I wasn't so bright. Uh, cooking loads of scones for the Devonshire. Oh. So we need people to come and eat them. Absolutely. Well, I hope you have a fantastic day, Jude, and well done, because I know Thank a lot of work much, goes Beth. into these events. Yes. Well, I heard you talking about your wedding coming up and how you've been <laughs> racing around your garden. So, yes, it, but when it all comes together on the day, it's just the most wonderful feeling. Yeah, for sure. Well, I we had the hens party last weekend. I was given a sash that said Mother of the Bride. And I thought, 
I reality is, yeah, so we were all dressed up and everything looked amazing, but I should have had it on yesterday when I was painting, when I was uh, washing the 90 plates and champagne glasses ahead of time. It's not a glamorous role, I can tell you. When, when's no, the big day? No, it isn't, no. 13 well, days. Yeah, I've had Rob in the kitchen. He's been washing all the cups and saucers this morning. <laughs> oh, I remember what a character he is. So I hope yes. you, you both have a fantastic day. Yep. Well, he's, he's been hard at it building lots of new sculptures. Oh, year, so. oh well. <laughs> he's on to sausage dogs at the moment. Made out <laughs> of spring, so I'm getting on my bike, fabulous. dude. Oh, good. I like to have you. Sounds like it's the place to be. Thank you very much for joining us. Very welcome. Thanks for calling. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Jude Scott's Open Garden, which is her eighth annual, reminding you once again, open from 10 till 4 today at 6 Sparta Lane in Canningvale. Money, proceeds, that is, $5 entry. Go to the Kids Cancer Support Group. Wonderful. And if there's for no other better reason, Devon Chatees are served. You'll love them. But the gardens, you say, are just spectacular. Oh, the, it, it was such a surprise, Chris, because... You know, Canning Valley is a suburb that's been divided and has has a lot of smaller properties. Mm -hmm. But this, you know, once you entered it, well, you couldn't tell how big it was because of the way it's been designed. Mm. And like Jude said, you can't see it all from one point. So you... So as, as you turn a corner, yes. another section is revealed. And, yes, another, uh, uh, another structure, mm -hmm. another style. Um, yeah, it's jam-packed with... What an adventure. and interest. Yeah, what yeah. an adventure. I can okay. highly recommend it. Right. And if Jim Kreiner wants to drop in, we know what the promised deal is. Good on him. Okay, now the time uh, is 24 minutes to nine. We have a call. Should we go straight back to... Well, we're talking roses. We're going to talk to Katie in Mandurah. Morning, Katie. Oh, good morning to you both. I've enjoyed the show so far, and I just have a question regarding pruning uh, Pierre de Ronsard climbing red rose. Oh, yes, yes. What is your question, Katie? Well, to be quite honest, apart from taking blooms off a, a one- or two-year-old um, climber, I haven't really pruned it like my other roses, and I'm not sure if you do prune it exactly the same. Okay. The The trick with the climbing roses, don't prune them like you normally would a, a hybrid tea or a floribunda because they're not a bush rose. A climbing rose... Um, is often grown to cover a structure or to go over an arbor or similar. So do you have something for it to climb over? Do, indeed. Okay, and what have you got? Well, what I've got is uh, I've used some verge pickup bed bases, uh, you know, the mesh. Yes. And I've made a sort of wall out of them and it's growing up against that. Okay, all right. So the idea is with the climbing rose to allow it to get to the height that you you want it to grow to. So it will flower better. For example, if it's going over an arbor, you train it up and over the arbor. But also what you do is you're looking for branches that you can make horizontal. When your your branches and the framework are horizontal, they will flower along that cane so they will push up stems for the flowers to come from. Does that make it, sense? It does, but I'm imagining you have a horizontal uh, branch and that it would grow up from there 
Would that be right? No, you would have a main a main um, cane or stalk that goes right up, but you'll always get side shoots yes. or other branches that you can train horizontally. And then you would prune after flowering or uh, winter winter time, roughly, and you're you're cutting them back, but you're maintaining that framework. It's a little bit like a spallying. Okay, that's a big help to me. I haven't done that, so I'll continue with that. And and don't do what I did years ago, Katie. I didn't know what I was doing when I climbed when I pruned my first climbing rose and I just gave it a good card hard cut back. <laughs> and what well, that's how we learnt. Well, I, I never saw the finished result because no. I did it to someone else. But I'm so embarrassed now. But sometimes that's how we learn, isn't it? We're always learning with gardening, aren't we? I've got mm. another new pot of a climbing rose. It's a, a Peter Frankenfeld. And it's a beautiful formed rose, isn't it? That one I don't know. Oh, I hope mm. I've got the right name. Well, oh, look, there are... So many roses. I will get John to look it up for us. Peter yeah, Frankenfeld. It's a pink, but it has the most beautiful forming bud. Ooh, okay. We'll check that one out. Yeah, Thank you. I'll plant that and look after it better. <laughs> Thank you, information. Okay, you're welcome. Bye, Thank Katie. You, Katie. We'll get uh, John, as, um, as Faye was saying, to look up uh, the information about what was it called? Peter Frankenfeld. Peter Frankenfeld. We'll have information for you before 10 o'clock this morning. We're on the job. We're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. Faye Akaro is here. No question is too difficult because if Faye doesn't have the immediate answer in her extraordinary brain of knowledge when it comes to things in the garden, then we can always fall back on John, our researcher, who does all the work to help us sound so professional. And that's the way it goes in this business. Show business. 20 minutes to nine. Curtain Radio. That's what you're listening to, and we're talking gardening till 10 o'clock this morning. Faya Caro is here. I'm Chris Bartlett sitting in for Ray this morning, who's having a weekend off, and she deserves it. And we're going to talk about rosemary. Now, there's rosemary is beautiful in any garden, but Roberta in Thornley's got a question. Morning, Roberta. <gasps> My fault, Roberta. There you are. Got you now. Good morning. Yes, um... I have to repot my rose because I have it in a pot and I wanted to ask, um, because it's become quite very tall, if I if I take uh, cuttings, will it grow from a cutting again? It can can do. Roses can grow from cuttings. No, rosemary. Oh Rosemary. Rosemary. Oh sorry, I was oh, sorry, I was still sorry. thinking <laughs> No rosemary because mine I need to it needs to go into a bigger pot because I only have a small small garden so it's in a pot and I thought oh and because it's become very very tall as they do and I thought well if I take some uh, cuttings am I able to um absolutely um, Roberta will uh take uh 10 to 15 centimeters yeah yeah probably with some hardwood at the base strip yeah. the lower leaves you can dip it into honey or rooting powder and oh. and put half a dozen or so in a pot and yes, then yes. when they grow roots, then you can pop them out, pop oh, them on, right. prick oh, them out. Thank you so much, because I thought, oh, because, I mean, any time that anyone happens to come, I say, do you want to take some rosemary with you? Because I'm trying, I'm trying to oh. wear And I've got, I've got another uh, culinary tip for you. If yes. it's quite old, if you cut down to the 
into the hard wood, you can end up making your own skewers with the the stem of the rosemary. So using the woody part and threading your marinated lamb kebabs on, leaving the tip and then just frying them up or barbecuing them. We're thinking 99. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks for that. I'm glad I can do that. Much appreciated. And as always, a great program. Thank you, sweetie. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Roberta. Lovely to have your call. And we're ready for any questions you have. Remember, 94841927 is the telephone number. Or email us your questions if you're busy doing other things at gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Is it a time to uh, dig into the emails, do you think? It, it is, but I just yes. wanted to share with you John's Pearls of Wisdom, ah. which include, he came in on the break and he said, the man who never made a mistake never made anything. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what happened to that very first climbing rose that you... Uh, oh, you know, roses, tell you? roses are amazing, yeah. Chris. It, it can recover, you know. It's not like it's, you know, destroyed forever. Mm-hmm. Roses will put on new growth. So very often we cut out the old, the really old um, grey mm. brown stems or mm. trunks of roses and they renew themselves. So oh, it would have just come back bigger and better in time. But John's saying is also very true. I mean, in the training area that I work in, you only ever learn by making mistakes. Oh, dear. And they say you only ever make a mistake once. After that, it's a choice. Yes, well, that that can be true too. Uh, Now, on today, the Wildflower Society have a plant sale and it's put on by the Northern Suburbs branch. It's on today only from 9 o'clock to 2 o'clock at Lansdale Farm, which is the corner of Lansdale and Evandale Roads in Darch. Grow with us and link with nature. And, you know, the, the members of the Wildflower Society propagate a great number of wildflowers and different native plants, mm-hmm. many of which you can't get anywhere else. Um, they're well-priced, they're tube stock, so it's a great way to, to start some of these special ones. And Lansdale Farm's amazing. They have animals, there are uh, gardens there. There's really a lot to see. So if you've got young children, even if you haven't, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a great place to go. So that's on today only. Tube stock of $4. Wildflower Society of WA plant sale at Lansdale Farm. Goody. On tomorrow is the Fern Society meeting. They meet monthly on the first Sunday uh-huh. at 2 o'clock at the Senior um, Senior Citizens Hall, mm-hmm. corner of Lay and Downey Streets in Manning. And next weekend is their show, show and sale, and that is at the Manning Community Centre. So I'll give you more details of that next weekend, of but course. put that date in your diary. Super duper. Look at the time. Uh, quick check. It's 13 minutes to nine. Let's go to our next caller because in Shoalwater, Jenny is waiting to talk to us and she is on line one. Morning, Jenny. Or is it Jeannie? Jean, Jeannie. 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 Oh, with the light brown hair. That's right. But I keep ringing. I'm ringing, I'm ringing in for music usually. I rang in this morning. Oh, you did too. Yes, indeed. Sorry I couldn't play Brenda Lee for you. Yeah, I know, but you've got such a nice voice. Have I? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah the fellow's answer the phone doesn't even know who, uh, 
what's um oh um um what's the music oh just uh, anyway about the garden okay Sorry. how can we help you Jeannie? Yeah. oh i um planted a gold bunny standard rose and it uh sort of petered out but all the um roots came up so the plant's probably about 18 inches high um, quite a few stems. Is it ever going to be a gold rose? It won't be a gold bunny, I know that. Well, it it's possible that what is coming up is the rootstock. So yeah, what, I realise. I know what it is, but will it flower? It, it probably will flower. And, in fact, during the week I saw a, a photo of a rose bush that had two different coloured roses on it. One was a, a large mm. white flower and the other was small yeah. red. And the small red was the rootstock. Yeah, whatever they uh, cross with it will be one or the other. I realise that it might just be white. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the two crosses are to get the yellow bunny. No, I'm. I'm not sure. We can. Yeah. Yeah. We can get John to look that up. That would be interesting. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the guy directly across the rosary is Chinese, and he can't speak a word of English, and he crosses the two roses. On the same bush. Oh, how fantastic! Believe it. That is it's the glorious over beauty there. of grafting. Yeah, and he's Chinese. Very clever. Good stuff. Oh, thank you, Jeannie. It's, oh, thank you. It's lovely to talk to you, and we'll look to find you some uh, Brenda Lee next time. Next time I'm doing breakfast in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Ma- Margaret in Balladura will be our next caller, but first. It's nine minutes to nine, and we'll have news again at nine o'clock. I promised you we'd be going out to Balladura. That's where we're headed now to talk to Margaret. Good morning. Hello, how are you all? Terrific. Good, good thanks, Margaret. That's great. Okay, so, yeah, I live in Balladura, and it's extremely windy, and we've got a little bit of a backyard that I want to try to make a type of a, maybe a windbreak to stop all the sand coming down into the house. So um, Balladurasaur is quite sandy as well. So something, I don't mind if it's a big tree um, or a shrub, but something that you think I could maybe do a line to try to stop some of that wind from coming through. Mm. What Do you have a particular style of garden, Margaret? I, I am sort of going more native. Oh, good on you. Well, my first thought was uh, gums, of oh, which yeah, you can yeah. get numerous types and at the moment you know they they're just doing amazing things um you can get smaller growing varieties you can get different foliage uh cruciana is one that has a silver foliage with gorgeous yellow flowers that's used in floristry uh the eucalyptus physifolia the red flowering gums and you can get grafted varieties that are apricot coral pink uh and they they're just beautiful the birds love them the bees love them so i i would be thinking rather than a line of all the one thing i would mix it up i would go different heights and different foliage types so you've got contrast and then you could bring that down in the layers so you've got trees for the birds to nest in and perch in and then you get something smaller and shrubby. And, of course, the range of grevilleas 
uh, goes from prostrate to very tall. You've got Malaleucas, of which there are a range, uh, and they're a very, very popular hardy plant that actually, once established, won't require any water. There's prostrate... Which ones are they? Sorry? Malaleucas. Oh, the Malaleucas, mm. yep. And then you've got bottle brush. In fact, I found yep. a hot pink one the other day and I couldn't resist buying that. So, nice. you know, if you if you want to do floristry, uh, choose your leaves. Or doesn't even have to be floristry, but if you want to pick, pick a vase of flowers, look for yes. something that would go into a vase and your different flowers, kangaroo paws, oh, uh, eremophilas, okay. the silver leaf with the purple flowers. So I'm just thinking as the layers wow. come down contrast in foliage and if you're you're not sure take a trip to Kings Park or Xanthoria Nursery yeah. uh, there's Guildford Garden Centre uh, Australian Native Nurseries there's Dawson's you know and your local hardware stores and they're just brimming at the moment with plants that are flowering okay and they're fairly fast growing the gums or they they can be um, so yeah, just check what's available and and ask. Um, okay. And you might only need a couple of fast growing ones to start the yep. process. Uh, white wedding bush is another one that it it kind well they say it's fast, but in my experience, it, it took a couple of years for it to really kick off, and now I just have to keep cutting it back. Um, okay. But you might be able to get something that's a bit bigger to start with as well. And when you say layers, so do you mean like to put in like the bigger ones in the front and then a smaller one behind um, or by side? Oh, I sort of, mix, yeah, to mix it up a bit and you don't want to plant a big tree close to a fence. So no, you could put... No fences. Okay. Oh, have you got a large property? Yes. Oh, exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, different styles of planting will cre create uh, a different effect. So you might have a large tree in the centre of an area and a very low ground cover. So that will give you some drama or dramatic effect in the garden. And it will give you somewhere to sit. Um, and then over behind that, what I also look to do is to use the borrowed landscape. So if you can see a wire fence or something somewhere, block it yep. out with shrubs in the foreground and then okay. it yep. will give the feeling that the trees in the background a long way away yep. are part of yours. It will extend right. your view and that's how you use a borrowed landscape. Okay, lovely. All right, one last question. I have a couple of, and I know they're horrible, ficus trees in pots. Yes. Would you say it would be okay to plant them out the back? Because I know that they go crazy, don't they? Or uh, just leave it in the pot? No. Uh, you know, unless, yeah, don't put a plant in the ground just because it's too big for the pot, um, especially not ficus. And, no, you know, there's, there's there. so many other choices that yeah. you could love a lot more. And, you yeah. know, as yeah. they get older, putting them into the next size pot... Um, until they get too big, some of, some of those pot specimens look amazing because of their age. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, I've got some pretty old ones, so they can just stay in there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to get them out without breaking the pots anyway. Yes, yeah. So give oh, them some compost and 
um, make sure their their roots aren't blocking the holes and going down to your paving. Yes, definitely. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm going to have fun at the nursery looking for all those um, beautiful gums and and. Grevilleas. Yes, stimulate the economy, I call it, Margaret. <laughs> yes. Very good. <laughs> Thank you very you'll, much. You'll see Pleasure. the economy grow. It'll uh, Certainly with the plants as part of your purchase, they're definitely going to grow. Now, I want to go across the line too to introduce you to somebody you know well. It's Peter in Mandurah. Yes. We... Morning, Peter. Good Hello. morning. Uh, how are you? Oh, fantastic, Peter. Thank you. I just wanted to phone up and say thank you very much for your hospitality uh, last Sunday. Uh, seeing your very extensive and uh, amazing garden and uh, eating uh, a wonderful uh, high tea that we had. You were pretty handy with a matchstick fray, I have to say. Oh, thank you. Yes, one of my favourites. And even if you you haven't got any room, you've always got room for a matchstick, I reckon. Absolutely. <laughs> Just one more. And it was great to meet the team too behind the, behind the gardening show and John with his... Uh, Dessert, dessert, or dessert. Sahara dessert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very interesting. We had a really good day, thank you, Faye, and uh, it was um, it was great. And uh, thanks a lot for the visit. Well, thank you. We we were just all buzzing afterwards, and we all had a really lovely time meeting meeting you and um, Paddy and his lovely wife Deb as well. Yeah. And we think that we need to do this again. So, yeah, yeah, annual stay, event. Well, may, maybe more than an annual event, Chris. It was just mm. fantastic, you know. I demand. Peter, can I ask you a question before we let you go? Certainly. Good. Uh, we hear a lot about Faye's garden through Faye's description. <laughs> Would you please yeah. describe what it is that is such a wonderful wonderland in John D- Jandicott where Faye lives, please? Well, it's um, it's really large sort of place when you come up. There's lots of trees, there, <clears throat> lots of large shrubs, and and what you can wonder there's various little paths that seem to lead into other little paths that sort of, <laughs> you know, it's it's you can sort of lose yourself in it. Really, you just sort of wander around and see plants after plant and uh, and bush after bush. It's uh, just um, especially when you live in a fairly small area like we do. It's uh, it's amazing to see. A really large and extensive sort of cultivated area. Lots of surprises and a lots of love put into the garden. Oh yes, obviously in little ponds here and uh, you know various creatures there, and uh, it was uh, very interesting and very entertaining. And uh, it was great to meet Clay and Ray and um, and John and uh, all other and Bev. And Fantastic. It was really good. Fantastic day. And thank you for being there too, Peter. Oh, it's great. Terrific. Uh, Thanks uh, for calling. Thanks. Lovely to hear from you. Cheers, Clay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, we're already at 9 o'clock. That's one hour down. We've still got to give away our Bigger Trees $75 voucher in the second hour, so it's worth staying, particularly if you've got a question. No time like the present to call 94841927, and we will be back after the news. It is now 9 o'clock. The weather is perfect for gardening today. It's a cloudless sky and the forecast says in a word, sunny. Winds will be southeasterly. There is a fire danger which is moderate on the Swan Coastal North, Coastal South and Inland South and high in the Swan Inland. And there is a UV index reading today which is very high at 9. We warn you, it started at 20 past 8 this morning. It's current until 20 to 4 this afternoon. And if you're interested for tomorrow, it'll be a mostly sunny Sunday and 28 degrees chance of a shower about the hills is possible but for today it is just wonderful it is sunny current city temperature or current temperature anyway is uh, just over 17 degrees which is very nice indeed wouldn't you say oh yes absolutely and it is my campaign this year 
Tell me if you're a supporter on this one. But I think everybody should be wearing a hat this summer to protect your head. And skin cancer that you yes, get on your face. I'm a bit naughty. Oh, yeah. Mm, yes, I, it interferes with my camera and I get hot. Every man for himself, it is a choice. <laughs> but I'm thinking... Yes, you're, you you are right, Chris. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, right. I, I had a, a BB, whatever it is, off my, just beside my nose during the winter. And the doctor said to me, you've just, the older you get, you've just got to look after your face. Yes. And it takes Absolutely. everything, particularly a big nose like mine. So wear a hat, he said. And I went, right, that's, right. that's, that's my campaign. Right, let's get back to gardening. Let's go back to gardening. <laughs> We're going to Leaderville because Judy's been yeah, waiting for a little while. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. Hi, Judy. How can we help you today? Look, I've got two dogs that uh, spend the day with me and they wee in my garden and I think they've killed a couple of my wild, uh, my native plants. And I was wondering if there are any things I can do to sweeten the soil again. Ooh, can, well, can you find an area where they, they can go or do they have free range in your garden? Yeah, they have free range. Hmm. Um, all right, I, I'm going to have to throw this one to John mm -hmm. because if if you've got dogs going into your garden into the same spot, then hosing it straight away would be the the best thing that you can do. To dilute uh, it. Other than that, maybe putting something like sawdust if they go to the same area um, to to soak it up and then to move it away afterwards. Um, all right, but I, I'm going to pass this one to John. Handballing it to mm. John. Can, can you wait and listen on for a little while, Judy, and we'll come up with a solution for you? Okay. All right. No worries. And thank you for waiting on it, It'll be a while before we can get back because yeah. we've got... We'll do it before 10 o'clock. We'll do our best. Absolutely. Thanks, Judy. Okay, now, Keith in Shelley, uh, we haven't uh, got a moment now to pick up your call. If you want to ring back in a little while after we've spoken to our guest, that would be great. Otherwise, you're going to be there for a little while because our guest is waiting for us on the uh, line right now. And it's wonderful to welcome Danica McCorkadale to the program. Good morning, Danica. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I, well, I have to say, I was very excited this week when I found you on Facebook and yes. I saw that your mission was to educate everybody so they know what ladybird larvae look like. Yeah, so it's, everyone knows what ladybirds look like. They're, they're, so, they're so loved, but nobody knows what the babies look like. And it's, it's interesting because we, we all know that caterpillars you know, have complete metamorphosis into butterflies, but um, no appreciation for how ladybirds have that same complete metamorphosis. Uh, so, it, yeah. It's, it's fascinating. And, you know, doing this uh, job, Danica, I find that people are so concerned about aphids on, mm -hmm. on their roses and citrus. And yet when I see aphids, I kind of almost cheer with glee because I know that's the food for all my, my good bugs, my predators and ladybirds are one of those. That's right. yeah. That's so, lovely. I actually love aphids. <laughs> you too. Well, we yeah. might be able to convert a few more people if we do this right. Mm -hmm. so, I hope so, I hope so. You are from Marvellous Mini Beasts. I love that name. Isn't it great? So what is Marvellous Mini Beasts about? So my... Business partner and I, Kirsty Papazzoni, we just love nature. We love insects. We love educating kids. Um, and so we got together and decided that 
ladybird life cycle kits would be a good starting point to engage children in the classroom. Absolutely. So, you know, you've been supplying eggs lately and I I was interested to see that the breeding um, of these is coming to an end. And well, I th- not 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 in nature. Just, okay. Just in just in my on my kitchen bench, <laughs> <laughs> because it's we're such a small little business, and um, we do it all from home. Um, and because we supply schools, um, yes. Okay. During the first few weeks of term, it's it's time for for us to wrap it up because we have we have our other jobs as well. Um, Kirsty owns Kids Nature Club, and I work in a lab at UWA. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of time to, to get a bit of free time. <laughs> okay, so run us through yeah. the cycle and 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 what happens, yeah, what do ladybirds need? Growing up, you know, we used to see ladybirds all the time and I often hear people say, oh, I haven't seen a ladybird for a long time. Mm. Where have they all gone? Can you answer what, what might be the problem there? Well, ladybirds, they, they need a lot of food. So to have... To see ladybirds, you need to have food present. So um, a lot of people uh, rely on sprays to control insects in their garden. And, of course, the ladybirds will, will avoid that area. So the key is, is to tolerate having some pests and some insect diversity in your garden, and then that'll attract the beneficial insects like ladybirds and will also attract lots of pollinators like butterflies. For sure. So, yes, not using insecticides is is a a big starting point. And probably having a different mindset when people do see those aphids, like giving it time and and monitoring, watching. That's right. And and appreciating that um, you don't want to completely eradicate pests in your garden, even if you're you're encouraging ladybirds or buying ladybird eggs or whatever. The goal is not to completely eradicate the aphids. The goal is to keep them at like a non-damaging level. So, um, so you you know your roses are still flowering beautifully, but there are aphids present. So, how many different types of ladybirds are there? Okay, so worldwide there's six thousand that have That's been six thousand species. In wow. Australia, there's about five hundred. Wow. Yeah. That so- have been described. I'm sure there's many. There's pretty many more that haven't actually been discovered yet. Well, and they, they're not all orangey-red with black spots, are they? No, no. Um, and in fact, the same species can come in different colours, which, mm. which is amazing. Um, there's one that's, that I've been seeing more and more of lately that we nicknamed the Batman ladybird because it's mostly yeah. black with a little bit of red and it looks a bit like the Batman symbol. Yes. And that one can actually come in the more recognisable red with black dot form as well, but it also can come in a completely black colour. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's amazing that the same species can, can look so different. How easy is it to introduce them into your garden? Very easy. <laughs> just um, the, the ladybird eggs that I sell, after they've hatched, you just peg them onto a plant near a, near a pest hotspot and they'll just crawl up and start eating. Wonderful. And, um, yeah, there's food around, they'll, they'll stick around. So they're self-sustaining. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is the the life cycle? Once people have got aphids, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I would assume that ladybirds do arrive at some point wherever you are, even if you haven't seen yeah. them. 
Um, so how long does it take for the cycle to to uh, go round? So from egg to adult is about four weeks, mm-hmm. and that's with uh, that's with abundant food and you know, optimal temp- temperatures. Um, but yeah, sort of the, after the egg phase, the hatch is this little little tiny little black larva that almost look like a tiny little crocodile. Yep. And then they grow so quickly, like they just they just eat constantly. And about three weeks later, they're this big fat little black thing with red markings on the back, and they pupate for about a week, and then out pops the the recognisable ladybird beetle. Now, once they're introduced, are they perpetual? They just go around year after year. Once they're in your garden, well, they could. Um, the the beetles can fly, so they might move on to somewhere else with better ah. food, or um, especially males like the. Uh, They'll chase the female pheromone. So, um, yeah. you know, if your neighbour's got females sitting on a, they'll they'll fly. Next They're off. To, yeah. Have, have you found them ever when they've been overwintering, Danica? No, no. I, I do have um, little refuges in my garden. Yes, and I do keep an eye on them. But I've I've never I've never seen them overwinter. Well, it's funny because I was pruning back a duranta at one point, which is a favourite plant for attracting blue-banded bees into my garden. And I often check under leaves. And I, what I found was a loveliness of ladybirds, a cluster, um, not, in, not in the breeding season. It was mm-hmm. kind of winter time. And I thought, oh, wow, that was really special. So they, they were overwintering there? Yeah, I there. think so. Well, they were oh, certainly clustered and that's not something that I had ever seen before. No, that's wonderful. And, and know, that, uh, the, sorry, the collective noun, the collective noun for um, ladybirds is a loveliness. Yeah, a loveliness. How <laughs> a loveliness gorgeous! Ladybirds. <laughs> I would like a loveliness in my garden too. Well, it's magical, but it also uh, brings home the importance of not having too clean a garden. Mm. You know, like mm. when you've got leaf litter, um, it's possible that some of these things would overwinter in the layers of leaf litter. So let's not go cleaning up everything. Let's uh, let nature be a bit wild. Natural. Leave some of your your aphids mm-hmm. and monitor them over not just a week, but, well, if they, I don't know, in my garden they tend not to hang around more than a week because I've got lots of little helpers out there. So <laughs> tell me, Danica, where can we get hold of this kit? So the, the kits um, are available if you check out our Facebook page, I um, take orders during term two and term three, um, and then I, based on sort of the pre-orders, I start breeding program at the start of spring, and then they get delivered during term four. We do have eggs currently available. Um, I'll be dropping off about fifty batches to our Ruby Girl on Lay Street in Manning this morning. Um, so if anyone would like to pick up any ladybirds or and a coffee, they. That's the place to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if people follow our Facebook page, they can they can uh, keep up to date with. Oh, um, and, and your, how to get hold your of Facebook them. page is uh, marvelous mini uh, mini beasts. Marvelous mini beasts. That's correct. Wonderful. And Danica, you've got two show bags to give away to. I do to callers on today's show. So what's in the show bags? So there'll be a, a couple of egg batches with some instructions about what what to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, also a uh, um, little magnifying jar so you can go exploring in the garden and have a close look at what you find. 
I've also got some figurines that are the, of the ladybird life cycle. There's eggs, larva, pupa, and, and then an adult. Um, it's a great fun to show, show kids what to look for. Um, and some stickers and a marvellous mini beast magnet. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Fabulous. So you're going to drop two of the kits off here. So, Chris, yep. I'll, I'll let you organise the giveaways mm-hmm. um, when you're ready. Mm-hmm. But this has been fantastic, Danica. And I'm sure, you know, I know that your breeding season is coming to an end. But maybe folks could try this at home. Can you give them any tips as to how they might be able to do this if they find... What would they find in the garden? The eggs or a pair of ladybirds? Um, yeah, I actually I was out um, I was out and about collecting aphids on Thursday on a beautiful warm day, and I saw hundreds of ladybirds just mm. in my local park. Yeah, those um, oh, those little dandelion weeds you were talking about earlier. They yes. they get covered in black aphids this time of year, and they also get covered in ladybirds once it starts to warm up a bit. Yes. So, yes. So if you tolerate a few weeds in your garden as well, that's <laughs> that's a great way to get things started. Um, but also ladybirds also feed on nectar and pollen as a bit of a supplementary feed. Um, and they're quite attracted to, to certain types of flowers. So they don't have the mouth parts to sort of reach in. So flowers that are quite open, like little... Um, oh, my God. The, daisies. Oh, pars- parsley and yeah, daisies mm. and, and um, dill, I think, is popular. Yes. Coriander, like those sort of flowers. Yes, the um, umble flowers, like an umbrella. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. That's um, it. Yeah, and also um, yeah, having having food like aphids, mealybugs, spider mites, um, yeah, stuff like that in your oh. garden and they'll come and eat it for you. Awesome. Thank you very much. I, I hope that you have uh, got the word out and people will be more adept at spotting ladybird larvae now. Danica, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. It's been oh, a pleasure. It's great. Thank you. <laughs> Danita McCorkadale from Marvellous Mini Beasts. Look at their Facebook page and uh, you'll be amazed what you find and then you can have ladybirds in your garden too. It is 20 minutes past nine. I think Faye will uh, take a short break and then we will come back to talk to Keith in Shelley. That's a promise, Keith. Getting radio. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain FM every Saturday morning from 8 until 10 with Ray and Faye. But Ray is taking the weekend off and Faye is here with me. The time is 22 minutes past 9. Keith, stay there. I have something to do first, though, before we chat to you. Um, we've got a $75 gift voucher up for grabs. Compliments of Kerry from Bigger Trees in Pickering Brooks. I'm going to ask you a question in the moment. This question is relevant to all Curtain Club members who haven't won a prize, please... Be courteous, be kind. You haven't won a prize in the last 28 days. If you have an answer to the question, I'll pose to you in a moment. But let me remind you of bigger trees, bigger trees who specialize in frangipanis, ornamentals and fruit trees. And they've got a huge, huge display at the moment because the seasons are finally getting warmer, which means the frangies are back and there's plenty of new supplies. So it's a great time to think about rare cuttings too. You can speak to Kerry on site uh, to find out more. Biggers always have an amazing new stock arriving each week with an array of rarer plants. So you can order or you can visit Bigger Trees online at Bigger Trees, that's B-I-G-G-A-T-R-E-S-S, as one word, dot com dot A-U. And you can also go to their Facebook page for much, much more. They're at Isaacs Road, Pickering Brook. And as I said, they're at Bigger Trees dot com dot A-U. So... 
Happy Gardeners, here we go. The question is this. When Neil Diamond sang Song Sung Blue, he claimed everybody owns one and every garden grows one. What do they weep like? Shall I repeat that? When Neil Diamond sang Song Sung Blue, he claimed everybody owns one, everyone garden grows one. What do they weep like? That's the question on 94841927. And while you do that, we will go to Keith and Shelley. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. How are oh, you, you, Keith? You've been so patient. Yeah, yeah I'm fine. Um, it's uh, just a, basically a question. I spoke uh, a, few, a couple of months ago to one of your ladies about um, pruning uh, my frangipanis. Yes. And I was advised that uh, November's the best time to do that. Yes, yep. Now, the, I've got one of the, the uh, frangipanis that's got a large branch that has grown from the side and it's pulling the plant over. And I want to cut that off. And would it? Uh, would I need to dry that out before I repot that uh, branch that I've cut off, or could I put it straight away? Well, you know, you'll, you'll get different people who say, just put it in the ground. And if you do that and your, your ground is dry, then it, it, there's a good chance it will work. But most people will recommend you allow it to dry, dry out, callus over, and then plant. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's what I would be thinking of doing. Yeah, that's fine. That's what I thought. So uh, what I'll do, I'll, I'll trim that uh, particular branch off and it'll enable me to straighten the rest of the plant up. Yes. And then I can dry that out and then plant it, uh, replant that at a later date. Yep, absolutely. Okay, fantastic. You All have right. a great weekend. It's been nice talking to you, you again. You too. Thank Lovely. You, thanks, Keith. And thanks so much for your patience. He was on the line for quite some I time. I know, and he's been patient for a couple of months now because but, I remember when he yeah. rang and he had this French panty, so we had to wait for the warmer weather. So, But also he's been listening to excellent interviews, yes. the news and everything else. He's probably yes. learnt a lot of things too. 94841927 is the phone number if you're not already ringing about the Bigger Trees 75 voucher giveaway at the moment, and we're waiting for a winner on that one as I speak. If you want to call up with questions for Faye, that's the number to get on the line and we still have 35 minutes of the program left so your questions are most welcome mm, maybe we can do a couple of emails please Chris. go right ahead okay this comes from Di and she has purchased a couple of diamantina tourmaline pink now mm. I had to look this one up this is a, a series of plants in the Mandevilla range and they oh, they're just beautiful very showy trumpet flowers so she planted them and one started to look sick and she thought she may have planted it too deep. When she dug it up and looked inside, she said there would have been about one cup of Osmocote. <laughs> she couldn't believe her eyes. She got it out and replanted the shrub and gave it a good drink and saved it. She spread the Osmocote over the rest of the plants. Um it's quite interesting because when Bob Melville talked to us about mm -hmm. uh, feeding roses, he would recommend giving, I think it was 300 grams per bush and quite similar when he's planting bulbs to put that amount of osmocote, mm -hmm. slow-release fertiliser, underneath the plant. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. I, I wonder if it was one cup, but... It would be better if it was mixed around rather than in a clump 
But certainly, yeah, it it can work well for the plant, but that is a lot. Good. Moving Next. right along. Yeah. Uh, Peter Frankenfeld was a rose that yes. was mentioned earlier, and it's a hybrid tea and probably one of the best dark, dark, dark pink varieties, according to John's research. Large exhibition quality blooms are produced all through the growing season on a very healthy, robust bush. Fantastic. So there you go. So, a, if you're looking for a deep pink rose. I can't remember the name of the lovely lady who rang and we were going to give her the answer. Mm. I hope you're listening and I hope you got all that information too. Mm. Thank you, John. They've come thick and fast. So this is this one's titled Red Onions. And hi, ladies. Love your show. This is from Michaela. Uh, she has a question regarding red onions. She planted seedlings back in April and read that you harvest them when, when the tops die. But I think half of them have flowered before that happened. I don't think I can keep them once they've flowered, which is what I wanted to do. Now I'm having to think of different dishes to cook every day with the onions. Well, John might be able to help you out. He's pretty good on the recipe front. Now, where they are putting up their flowering stems, I would bend them over so they actually don't flower and potentially the goodness will go down into the bulb because it's like it's a bit like growing mm. garlic. I would also withhold the watering so that you allow the bed to dry out. And they probably haven't all opened up and flowered. So, yeah, turn the, the flowering stems over. It's what my Italian uh, father-in-law used to do. Oh. End of the garlic growing season, turn the, the plants over. Yep. So they stop growing, turned off the water let them dry out, and then pick them all and plant them. Now, let me be quite clear. We're not talking about turning the bulb over. We're talking about the stalk, and you just sort of break it so that you fold it back on itself. Well, and as the, you said, that makes the, the, yes. the fluid, the juices go back into the bulb. So when a plant is flowering, yeah. it, it changes inside of the onion. And sometimes you'll find uh, when you buy them from a supermarket that they, they're quite... Um, the rings don't go all the way to the centre. You can see that there's development mm -hmm. in there. I'm not sure of a better way to explain it. But stopping that from happening yep. will be to bend the flowering stem over. Okay. Can I uh, just let everyone know we do have a winner for the Bigger Tree $75 voucher. Well done, Bill, in Sampson. You came up with the answer to the question we posed. And uh, thank you very much for calling in, everybody, who had a chance to win the $75 voucher, answering the question when Neil Diamond sang, Song Sung Blue. He claimed everybody owns one, every garden grows one. What do they weep like? They weep like a... Willow. Got it. In one. Well done, uh, Bill. Good. That's great. Um, your calls, of course, it is exactly half past nine now. You've got 30 minutes to get on the blower if we can answer any questions for you this morning. Faye can, at least. Anything that you want to know about your garden and its wonderful state at the present time and particularly on a beautiful day like today. So there's more emails. This one came from Peggy, and I'm pretty sure we addressed this last week, mm. although the photo was different. We had uh, Joanne from... Guildford Garden Centre in the studio and we both thought that the the plant that has self-sown was an olive mm. and in fact Joanne thought a dwarf olive. Um, so they can seed quite readily and I believe they can be a weed in bushland because they seed readily right. um, and they quite enjoy our Mediterranean climates. And we certainly love that. Mm. We do in summertime with our beaches, don't we? <laughs> we do indeed. Now, 
someone has sent us in a photo of a long-legged fly, very small, metallic green. Um, when you get close to them, they flit off. And it's quite funny. I often see these on roses that are affected by chili thrips. And yes, it is a beneficial insect because it has been photographed, not this one particularly, but I do know of a photographer who has photographed it eating. So it is uh, a predator in the garden and they can seek out small, soft-bodied insects. So it is your friend. Don't worry about all the flies. There are so many different flies mm. that are beneficial to our gardens. Many are flower flies. We have bee flies. They're just... They might look scary, but they're not. They're very persistent, and some of them I just have words with. And uh, Well, Chris, they, yeah. are, they are your pesky yeah. blowflies, but you know they have a job to do because yes. if something dies, and very often it does, um, you know, like there might be snails or lizards or a dead bird or something, the flies come in and they, they're the clean-up crew. They yes. break down all this matter, and they recycle the nutrients yep. to the earth. They're very important uh, I, I, as part of our ecosystem. Yeah, I just find the ones that keep flying around my face all the time or oh. jumping on your ears, they get to be a bit annoying. But uh, let's not uh, dally on that one. Should we go to the uh, telephone? Let's go back to uh, the phone. John is waiting for us in Swan Valley. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, Terrific. good, thanks, John. How can we help you? I, I want to become a murderer. Oh no! Oh, you—that's the other show. Leave, leave your name and number. <laughs> of snails. Oh, okay. Oh. I can help you there. <laughs> How do I deter them? Oh well, my go-to recipe is uh, five o'clock in the evening. You know, when the the sun is getting low in the sky, and you've yep. done a good day's work. It's probably yep. time for a beer. I reckon you're in yep. the Swan Valley, yep. so share it. Share it. Uh, get some low sauces. Just create a little dip in the ground. Put the saucer yeah. there. Fill yeah. it up with beer. And at five o'clock, uh, the snails will come out and they'll seek out that beer and the slugs and they'll drown in it. And then you can feed them to the chickens. When when they're um, to stop them from coming in my yard, uh -oh. a small amount of diesel on the ground does that deter that's i could not condone that um at all john because we have we have groundwater and everything that we do you are you just stirring me well no i'm not but i can that's, tell you what i i certainly oh. these snails well can i can i please ask that you don't do that again you know in the old days they used to mark uh, playing fields with grease yes. or oil, and that yeah. practice has been, you know, yeah. negated now. Mm -hmm. we, we've we learnt, um, but our groundwater is so precious. Everybody needs to have an active role in um, doing the right thing. So please don't put any All more right. diesel around. All right, I'll try not to do that and I'll become an alcoholic. <laughs> well, I, I, I was going to say, do, do the snails get drunk before they drown? Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. So they go out in a, yeah. in a, in a comfortable yeah. state of mind. Well, they're, they're very relaxed, Chris. <laughs> yeah. And it won't harm the groundwater. How mm. true. Thanks, John.
Okay, cheers. Bye-bye now. Bye. Time is 25 minutes to 10. Now, we do, and I think it's a great opportunity right now, uh, to give away these two show bags from uh, Marvellous Minibugs. These are two show bags with everything you need to uh, not only introduce Ladybugs, but it tells you how they come together. I can't remember all the things Danica said were in the bag, but they are such wonderful things to uh, win. We're not going to ask you a question. Just the first two callers who call us on 94841927 and say, I I'm here for the uh, marvellous Minibug show bag. If you're one of the first two callers, uh, then Bev will take your name and number and you will receive one, I can assure you. And lucky you. I wish I was able to win one too. But then I'm going to look out for them and put them into my garden, particularly around the roses. 94841927 if you'd like to win one of two marvellous Minibugs show bags right now. Go to it. Let's continue. Okay. We have received an email from Kay and she would like to know what this plant is. We're getting a few plant ID questions and, um, sorry, John just came in. So, yes, with the the ladybird kits, Danica is going to drop them off here so so they need to be picked up from here. Okay. Okay? So the, the plant in question is known as a butterfly plant and it is Agora. G-A-U-R-A, and much more compact than the ones of yesteryear. They they used to look like fairy fishing wads waving around the garden, like open plants with tall stems with little white or pink flowers on the end waving mm. around in the breeze. Mm. Quite whimsical. Mm. But this is a, a much more com- compact and beautiful, beautiful small flowering plant. Do you have lots of spiders in your garden? Yes. They're good, aren't they? <laughs> On my Facebook page, Botanic Obsession, mm. I have an album of spiders, Chris. Mm. I forgot that for a moment. How silly of me. <laughs> Was I just trying to kill you to talk about that? Well, funny, a couple of weeks ago, I saw a little bug, you know, I only noticed it as a bug crawling across the paving. Well... I always have my phone on me, mm. and so I snapped a couple of photos. It turned out to be a sheet spider, a and sheet spider. a sheet spider, very, um, very small. You know, mm. wasn't bothering anyone. They're not very common, apparently, but it's come to the attention of someone who studies spiders, and I've been asked to keep an eye out for them, because um, what's yeah. special about them? Are they just rare, or um, I actually don't know. I think it was probably a. Only my only sighting, um, certainly my only record that has been identified as a sheet spider, like this big, Chris. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh, that big? Yeah, <laughs> little. <laughs> Looks good yeah, in radio. Yeah, <laughs> I know, little anyway. Um, I mean, people wouldn't know they're spiders. You no. would see something like that and you think it's an ant. Mm. But there are so many wonderful things that just when you get the interest of someone else, you you start to learn a bit more about them. So sorry, I don't, <laughs> I didn't okay. go that far. Um, That's all right. But I was, I will. It's on my radar now. Mm-hmm. So if and when I see another one, I will um, pay more attention to it. Good. Twenty two minutes to ten is the time. We'll take a break. Curtain radio. It's 20 minutes to 10. I'm very pleased to tell you that both of our marvellous minibugs show bags have gone. Don't know who they've gone to, but they're lucky, lucky people. And uh, you'll be welcoming ladybugs into your back garden or front garden, alternatively, very soon. Ah, that feels good. Mm. Bigger trees, ladybugs, it's all going. So getting back to the dogs urinating in the garden, um, 
I, th I think the best thing is to do create a barrier to protect the plants. Mm -hmm. Second thing would be to rake out the dead material, hopefully not mm -hmm. the plants, but that was the idea of putting sawdust there yep. or even a layer of kitty litter or something which would help soak it up and stop it getting to the roots and, of course, watering as soon as you can. Also, you can get a product called Dog Rocks and that goes into the dog's water bowl so it helps with um, burning in lawn areas. So that may help in the garden. Oh. Uh, for lawn areas, it does also say aerate with a garden fork, treat the weeds, lightly top soil and fertilise. So um, five ways to stop yellow pea spots. Go pee somewhere else. <laughs> That's good. Uh, use a pet loo. Yeah. These are good. Don't know the, how yeah, that would work. Natural stuff. Oh, dog rocks. There you go. Give the, the area some love um, and give them a drink. So, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. preventing is probably going to be the best way. Because when you said put up a barrier, that's going to mean restricting the garden, uh, their access to the garden. Well, if they only go out to go to the toilet, mm. you could have them on a lead so you yes. can control where they go. Um, you, you have to work out what works for you. Um, depends on the area. And what we don't know is the size of the dog, of course. No. So, and if it's a small backyard, yeah. then it's a concentrated area, so it does become a problem. Okay. Well, we're waiting for your calls. If you've got any more, we've got the uh, time to deal with your business, if it's gardening business, of course, until 10 o'clock, which is about 18 minutes away. We've got lines available now for you on 94841927. Now, John also said um, to keep snails mm. out of your property, put a line of copper wire around. Right. So that will create a barrier. A line of copper wire. Mm, better than using yeah, petroleum products. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, Mary has sent us in a photo of a ladybird larvae. Well done, Mary. And it attached to her shoe recently. Well, yeah, put it, put it somewhere where there's aphids mm -hmm. and um, it'll be very happy. Gorgeous. I should mention that uh, Roma from Yokine and Julie from Palmyra were the lucky winners of the uh, of the show bags. That's good. Well, well, and thank you very much for calling. 94841927, if I need to remind you of our number. Faye is here until uh, 10 o'clock, and we're here, of course, every week with Ray between 8 and 10, because that's when we talk gardening ahead of a wonderful weekend and all the wonderful hours you can spend just creating a wonderland in the front or the back of your garden, maybe with inside your house or your apartment. Any questions to do with gardening and the, the growing of plants? Then phase the one you need to talk to, 94841927. So Robin has uh, emailed us in. She has problems with the daughter's garden and wants to know what's happened to the roses. Is it the dreaded chili thrips and what needs doing? Plus, why has one plant, why does it look like it's dying and the other looking great? Uh, and she, well, Robin's from Kingsley, not sure where the daughter lives. The first photo looks like a viburnum, uh, which is a, a hedge plant, and it looks hungry. So that could do with a feed and a liquid feed, like something for, for flowering plants. Applied over the leaves would give an instant result, and you might see some green coming back very, very quickly as a foliar feed. Then the next photo shows um, it looks like the inside of the plant, and... There's a lot of old, dead, sticky growth. So I can't tell if it's diseased or if there are pests in there. 
these plants tend to need uh, encouragement to to continue uh, putting on good foliage. So fertilizer, like I just said, if the inside is dead, diseased, and dying, cut it out, remove it, mm-hmm. and see what you've got left. That's the first step. As to why it's happening, check the soil, check your watering, uh, apply. Um, a seaweed product, wetting agent, etc., which we've talked about in past weeks. Mm-hmm. The rose, uh, it looks, it's above a windowsill height and it's died back, but it's showing signs of new growth. It doesn't look like it's been pruned back in July. You know, it's very hard to kill a rose. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. The new growth looks really good. So I don't think there's a problem. I would give it a good cut back to where the new shoots are and let it come away again. Monitor the new growth and hopefully it will grow out. Good. That's wonderful. It is a quarter to ten already. What do you know about moonflowers? Mm, depends which one it is. Okay, Robin, good morning to you. Oh, Hi, Robin. Good morning. What great fun I'm having listening to the show with the coffee and the sunshine. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> Uh, Just a quick question. Friends of mine have this amazing moonflower running right across the back wall next to their swimming pool. So at night time, it looks wonderful. Um, Rang a couple of friends this morning to find out where I could buy some. And they tell me that it's a weed in WA and that we're not allowed to plant it. Oh, well, see, this is where we have a problem that a moonflower can be a number of different things. So they think that you're talking about the morning glory, I suspect. There are other varieties of plants called the moonflower and possibly even a a succulent slash cactus that has a large open flower that opens at night. Sometimes that is called moonflower. Well, this is definitely a a climbing-type arrangement, lovely green foliage. It covers... uh, The fence is about two metres high right across their back garden. Um, And my friend's planted about eight plants along there. Of course, now it's all blossomed, and at night time it's quite spectacular. So the plant is actually about two metres high right across that back fence. Mm. Are you able to send us a photo, Robin? Um, I'm not at the moment because they're indoors. Okay. Well, you know, if you can, we can get to the bottom of what is the moonflower that you're talking about. So once we, once I can identify it, I can give you a botanic name and then we're both on the same page. Oh, terrific. Thank you so much. It's just a white flower that opens at night time and this gorgeous foliage. Yeah. Um, but it's quite spectacular and, and evidently requires very, very minimum maintenance, <laughs> which appeals to me. <laughs> yes. Um, all it, right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Robin, calling us from Andrew. If you want to call us from wherever you are in the metro area, even beyond if you're hearing us online, you're listening to Curtin FM. And this is Let's Talk Gardening. And if you've got a question, now is a good time and a good chance to get in while Faye is here in the studio, because then you'll have to wait for another seven days till she's back next Saturday. Oh, Ray. no, sorry. Oh. I'm on a wedding break. <gasps> Oh, yes, of course. Not mine, but, you know. So who's going to be substituting for your wealth of knowledge? Uh, Linda Minchiner from Green Life Soil Company is sitting in for me over the next two weeks. So I'm I'm giving myself a a break, Chris, because I will be uh, heavily 
gardening. The mother of the bride is going to be exhausted when this is over. Well, I'm I'm hoping if we can get the majority of the the heavy work done. So I'm ordering four truckloads of gravel for one path that's coming Wednesday, and probably another two of a different gravel for another path and a trailer load of sawdust. So I've got all that to move. And then hopefully a week from now, I can spend the last week zhuzhing up the garden and, and maybe me. And would you book a, a massage, please? No, I don't like massages. Don't you? Well, how no. are you going to get all that stiffness you're feeling? Because all this physical oh, work you're doing. I'm going to chill out in the garden. Chill? Yep. Okay. Chillax. And a good bath. Well, five o'clock, I'll wander the garden with my glass of red, uh, do a spot of hand watering. I might go sit in the bush with my camera and uh, just admire, just surround myself. That That's how I chill. And you're going to do the paths? You're going to move all that gravel? I will be one of the one. barrowers. Why did you just supervise and point? And say, you oh, they don't, put that there. Everyone doesn't do it right, Chris. Oh, right. Got you. Sorry. I forgot. <laughs> Sorry, it, no. I'm, it's look, Faya I'm, Caro I'm talking to. I have been blessed yeah. with uh, lots of help and support Good. by friends and uh, acquaintances, mm. even, who've, you know, if they say, oh, I'll give you a hand, I just go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so don't, don't offer. It's going to be a wonderful mm, day when the time comes. Oh, you wait till you see the photos. I've slowed down. Doing the photos because, yep. you know, we've got to have the finale. Don't want to oh, give everything away. Because no, after no, the no. wedding, we've got the Fern Society coming for their Christmas lunch. 70 people. Fantastic. So it's not all for it's all for a good cause, a couple of good causes too. It's 10 minutes to 10. Faye won't be here next week or in the week after. If you've got a question, get it in now, 94841927. Curtain Radio. Shall we talk sweet peas with Evelyn Adam Wilson? I think we will. Good morning, Evelyn. Oh, good morning, dear. You're all wonderful. Um, sweet peas. Now, if you have them growing and you want them good, every time you have a party at your place, the gentlemen have to go out there and use the sweet pea grows as a, a urinal. Oh, no, Evelyn. You've told me too late. <laughs> Never mind, we'll get him next week. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Well, you can, you can all do it when you have a party. Well, yes, but we're having a big party in 13 days. And have you got sweet peas anyway? No, no, and I couldn't send them up there in the dark anyway. <laughs> but I'm, this is getting I'm out gonna, of control. I'm going to keep that in mind. Maybe I'll just plant a row of lemon trees. Ah. Yes, pass it on, maybe. It was done in New Zealand, so what does that say to you? <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, that's lovely. Thank you, Evelyn. Thanks, Evelyn. That's wonderful. Tip of the morning, I think. There, seven minutes to uh, the hour. That's the uh, well. We've had our last news for the day, so it'll be straight over to Jim Crinan and the uh, '70s show at ten o'clock. Kay in Melville. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. Um, what I'm inquiring about: we are growing about twenty of those little rubies we bought last year, which were really flush and beautiful but now they're sort of scragging got this little um, seed on the top or flower and we're wondering if they're going to come back or not or what we should do oh yes easy easy one Kay. these are mm -hmm. renowned for going ratty after winter uh, mm -hmm. take the hedge pruner to them and take a third off them they'll bounce I back wondered. in no time uh -huh. i wondered about that okay thanks for that okay you're welcome okay bye, bye.
Short and sweet. Mm. My goodness. Uh, I think we may have a, a call about to come through from Willerton. I know that uh, uh, Bev is just processing that at the moment. Yep. Any last minute things? Yes, a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie from Midland called in this morning, and he has an African rose that he says is spiky. It's about two foot or 60 centimetres, and it flowers all the time. It has about 10 to 11 stems growing up. So that's a nice little brag post. Good old Ronnie. Could, Must it, be the music he plays to it, them. Could be the desert rose, actually. Yeah. Oh, mm. that would be a surprise. And another quick one mm. uh, from Judith. The neighbours have cut down the m- most beautiful avocado tree for their own reasons. <gasps> uh, this leaves a big expanse of heat exposure on our northwest facing area. She would like a fast-growing tree, preferably edible, that will do well in a big pot. Citrus isn't particularly fast growing and wondering if she could get away with macadamia. Well, it will get big, so anything in a pot, well, they will get big, but they're not known for being fast growing. Um, You know, macadamia would be doable in a pot and there's new varieties now. Maybe um, try getting something advanced that will be happy to stay in a pot. Mm -hmm. But even fruit trees, um, I find that they can be one of the fastest growing. And, you know, you you might get them bare-rooted, yeah. cut off the roots, cut off the top. And when they come away, they some of those uh, fruit trees can get very big, like pear, for example, yeah. can get to about five metres. Sounds like a good discussion at the local uh, nursery mm. to find out what is suitable and what they advise. Um, Kate Gay in Willerton, hello. You're our last caller this morning. Hi, Gay. Oh, hang on, Kay. There you are. My problem. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, I'm just going to ask you about drought shield. I have um, a very thick peach tree with lots of leaf curl, even though I sprayed it twice with copper at the right time. Oh. Um, yes, I'm not sure why that didn't work. Maybe the copper was a bit old. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, so I think I need to try and protect because I've had to pull off most of the leaves. With mm. the disease, um, so I was just wondering to use drought shield, but when you go to Bunnies, you can't buy it because it has some kind of chemical that they don't like in it. Oh, really? Goodness. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, that's news to me. Um, that that could be a topic to kick off next week's show. Um, oh, okay. Be- because you know. Um, one way of helping your your plants survive the very hot weather is, well, has been recommended to apply drought shield. Um, yeah, that's that is news to me. I must say, I've not used it. I yeah. um, my garden's too big to yeah. worry about things like that. I try and build in resilience, so plant putting Ooh. things where they will actually cope. Yeah. Um, Seaweed, uh, anti-rot yeah. is a product that can can help. It's a fungicide, um, and oh, that yeah. that might give you a tree a boost. Okay, all right. Mm. Yeah, I do see solid, and I yeah, I'm fertilising and thinning, and <laughs> yeah, okay. I shall try that. All right. Well, and keep keep an eye on it. Hopefully, it will mm. will come good for you. Thanks, yeah. Gay. Okay, thank you. Have a lovely Bye. weekend. Bye. Two minutes uh, to ten, and uh, Jim Crinan's along with the 70s show then. 
<sighs> Anything to wind up with before you take a two-week break and the big day in two weeks' time? Mm, well, Fern Society meeting tomorrow, Perth mm-hmm. Garden Club's meeting tomorrow, Fern Show next weekend, Jude Scott's Open Garden yep. is on today, and next weekend the last garden in the Open Gardens WA calendar for the year is Queller Garden in Banja. So if you're interested in sustainability and habitat, mm. that is a garden that you you need to go and see. It's in Banja. Mm. Okay. Well, also I should mention the Darlington Arts um, yes. Festival or show, whatever it's Oh, I think it's the festival. That's on today up in the hills. Lots of good things and lots of good weather. And remember to look after yourself because that sun is strong today. The weather forecast tells us there's a reading of nine today, which is very high, and that is current until 20 to four this afternoon. The sun sets this evening at a quarter to seven. We are as good as done. Uh, Jim is almost banging on the door. Thank you for everything. Thank you, Chris. And, it's uh, been a pleasure. Yeah, and, and loosen up those muscles. Yeah. Hope you're feeling a little bit better in due course. The program today, today's show is sponsored by Arcadia Waters, Mandurah's favourite village fete on today from 10 this morning, which is about to start, until 2 this afternoon at Lady Brand Drive in Mandurah. So let's talk gardening returns next week with Ray and the guest Linda. will be... Linda, that is correct. And I shall be uh, enjoying the pleasure, hopefully, of your company tomorrow night when we'll be here with the Sunday soiree from 9 until midnight. Music, as they say, on the mellow side. We've got a wonderful program lined up for tomorrow, so I hope you can join me. In the meantime, we leave you in the good company of uh, the great Jim Crinan, who's now going to revel in music from his favourite decade, the 70s, and I hope you enjoy it too. Following him at midday, it will be Brendan T. Moylan. Have a safe weekend. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.